fact that he said that to his wife, <laughs> said that to his wife, let me know, like, yo, that was some elite, the <laughs> elite. Mother, the mother of his two children is three children. Three children. <laughs> R.I.P. Reina. But yes. <laughs> Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Sapri706. This is KTSCF Live, episode 90. We are joined by the illustrious uh, Reverend, uh, a fellow Augustonian, uh, a second child of the city of Augusta, as I am the, the apex Augustonian on the podcast. Uh, L, what's good? And shout out to uh, Tech, who is AWOL right now. You act like James, you act like, you act like James Browning from Augusta. Yeah, but he's, wow. he's, dead. he's dead though. So I have climbed sin at the mountaintop. <laughs> there can only be one. Yikes. Shout out to Highland. <laughs> Anyways, what's good, y'all? How was y'all's week? Hola, hola, hola. It's so good. good. I'm drinking wine. Nice. It's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking water out of my light pack and water bottle. I don't believe it. I ate what's really in the cup. This this cup is way too big to have anything else. Anyway, Brett, what's good? I'm you know here. Uh, I ate three Delta Eight gummies because I just wanted to see what it was like. So we'll see what happens on the end of this. Uh, Ooh, what are those? Wait, it's supposed to be like the closest to like. In, in states where weed is illegal, it's like the closest you can get to weed. It's like, it's just like a half rung behind, uh, you know, cannabis. So, Interesting. I, I, so, you're, so you're doing the spice equivalent of edibles. It's like less like spice, but more like mead. Okay. <laughs> Mid gummies. That's this hilarious. This episode is going to be great. I cannot wait. wait. <laughs> you know what? DM me the link for that. Let me let me check that out. Yeah, I'll, but... I'll get you a link to some Reggie gummies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Out here doing shake gummies. That's what's up. Anywho, uh, we, we have we have Rev on the podcast, so we can discuss the the state of uh, sports real quick. Um. As uh, the very large foreheaded Jeff Garcia uh, came out, some said some very mean things about Mina Kime as one of the few good personalities left on ESPN in regards to sports. So we, we had a wild playoff weekend. If you go back and listen to episode 89, which you should, um, we were watching the, Bill, the the classic Bill's Chief game in real time as we recorded. And me as the future degenerate gambler. Uh, I experienced the highs and lows of being a new gambler, and it's it's uh, yeah, you can hear the pain in my voice when the game ends Ooh. in the fashion that uh, yeah, I I, I definitely lost some money, That's but what you get. That's what you get. but 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 uh, the the dream is still alive. I got the I got the Rams plus I think one plus two hundred to win the NFC. And how do you I explain that to your wife? Like, how should you take that loss? Look, that's that's look. She don't listen to the podcast. Hey, secret accounts got that secret account. They got that secret oh. account. Okay, well, but, good to know. Next time you piss me off, good to know. Wow. So, well, so um, yeah. So if the so I made that bet before they played the Buccaneers, so it was kind of a two two prong bet. So they had to beat the Buccaneers, and now they have to beat 
the 49ers who have beat them six straight times. Oh. So I win this bet. I will win a what 120 bucks. So I'm starting low. I'm not like oh okay. I'm not fool degenerate gambler yet. I'm not a uncut gems quite yet, but I'm trying to get to that point. Like I'm trying to be living that life where I look dirty and like I'm sweating all the time. I might smell a little bit, you know. That's that's what no. I'm trying to, trying to evolve to. Shout to, no. Julia, shout to Julia White. Uh, what's her name? Julia Fox. I'm sorry. Yes. If you know, you know. But anyways, uh, ladies, how do you how do you feel about like men continuously trying to dominate women in sports? And, and what I mean by that, if you're not really in the sports, it's one of those uh, type uh, mansplaining type situations where because we're men, a lot of men assume they know more about anything that's like predominantly male dominated, which is pretty much kind of everything in the world for the most part. Um, but especially with sports, like if you're not on Twitter, Twitter is a very mean place. Um, so men feel like they can say anything to anybody, especially women, when it comes to sports. There's even people on my timeline who have had to kind of not just kind of, on Twitter. Well, Twitter is kind of like the the, the magnifying glass. Like people like, hey, you know, I don't follow you for your sports sakes. I follow you because you got a fat ass. I'm pretty sure that was Josh. Um, I've seen people tweet out like, oh, get back to the kitchen and all kinds of stuff like that. Very misogynistic stuff. You know what I'm saying? Par for the course. Mm-hmm. But it's not right. Like a lot of men don't know what they're talking about when it comes to sports. There's a lot about sports. I don't understand. I watch sports all the time. So I'm not going to come on Twitter and act like I'm just the, the know-it-all for this stuff. But a lot of them fake the funk. So we'll, we'll start with Rev. What, what are your thoughts on the whole Mina Kime situation? I mean, I just feel like I'm no stranger to <laughs> men kind of jumping in. I don't I don't know what the desire um is to maybe they feel like these are their safe spaces. I'm trying to rationalize it. There is no rationalizing at the end, but if I'm we're trying you know? to rationalize it, I would think that men think that sports are like their safe havens for whatever reason. They just need these spaces. Um they need to feel good in these spaces because maybe they feel like less than in another space. So if sports is their like specialty after being like a lame their whole life, and a woman come in and be like, "It's this, this, and that." Like now you feel extra. Like not only was I lame my whole life, and I chose this one thing to be good at. Here come this lady being better at it than me. <laughs> so I think that that may be the rational rationale behind the mansplaining. Um, but again, you can't explain away something that's just wrong. I don't. I guess I'm kind of used to it. Men, like if you say you like hockey, if you say you watch the Blackhawks game, now you're gonna have to name every Blackhawks goalie from 1970 mm-hmm. forward. So, um. I mean, it was kind of like earlier before we started recording, where our counterpart, Mr. South Breeze, was mentioning <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. playing, and he immediately his instinct was to quiz me on what team he plays for. So go ahead and explain that, friend. Because I, I know that you only follow Odell Beckham because you want to have relations with him. Respect. First of all, I do not. <laughs> I do no longer want to have relations. Okay. I respect the fan. I respect the fact that he's building a family. And you know, he's with Lauren. So shout out to her and leave it alone. Okay. Congrats on the baby. However, comma. You know, I understand the game. Now I don't get all technical like you guys do, but I can sit there and watch a football game. I've gone to football games and I can follow it without anybody having to explain it to me. But yeah, if I were to say that, the immediate reaction is similar to what you did earlier was where it's like, I have to prove that I understand this game. 
or what does this mean or what they call this what does that mean it doesn't fucking matter like i don't have to explain it to you if i understood it i understood it i think it's Friends. funny it's one of my favorite things um to watch men get very and i I feel stupid for having to preface this, but not all men, but watch men get super uh, shook when a woman is able to not only know a sport and like know like surface level knowledge, but when a woman is able to like explain like the technical parts of it, the more uh, niche parts of it. Mm -hmm. It's funny to watch them get shook. I don't understand why the act of a, a woman maybe uh, probably just because of how we're socialized as a society, women aren't supposed to know sports. So I guess either for some men, depending on your already existing like attitudes towards women. If you think women are inferior already and a woman just kind of knows something that you know too, now you either feel inferior or you just don't understand why this inferior person knows so much or it becomes a spectacle where now they're going to ask you every mm. question because they're excited to hear you talk about sports um, instead of it just being a conversation. But I mean, on the flip, if we got to play devil's advocate, if a man walked up to me and knew what type of highlighter I had on in public, I'd be like, bro, where did, how do you know about that? So, I mean, I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Okay, fair, but if a guy were to do that, I, I would think it's fair for a woman's reaction. At least I'll speak for myself. Let me not speak for all women, but if a guy were to talk about my highlighter, I'd be like, oh, you know about highlighter. You know what I mean? And it would be something too I would want to share with that person, like on a friendship level. And, oh, what do you prefer? What do I like? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, let it be a conversation, not him having to prove to me that he knows about highlighter and the brush that you need to use to put it on and X, Y, and Z. Like, that's not fair. I don't, for what? Well, I think the sports one is worse because, like you said, like, I guess the intricacies of, like, makeup and stuff is not, like, ubiquitous. Like, sports is everywhere. Like, you can't go... You probably can't go through your entire day without hearing something about some sort of sports news, right? Even if you don't care about football, like we'll get into this in a second, but like allegedly Tom Brady is retiring. Like every network, whether it's sports or not, is going to put that across their ticker. Like every major website is going to put that on their platform. And you're like, yo, I'm even like, I don't watch sports, but you probably know who Tom Brady is. You know what I'm saying? So I get that's a little, that's why it's way more disrespectful for men. They feel like they can corner a market that's like, yo, there's right. women's sports. Like, women play sports at a world-class level. You know what I'm saying? And, and kind of tying in with that, I, I think we talked about this on the podcast, maybe on Twitter, but um, if you don't follow her, if you haven't seen her videos, there's a, a, a woman named uh, Anjanae Williams, at underscore Anjanae. And I'm sure you've seen her videos, but she be cooking people at the little courts. Like, oh, cooking yeah. Boy, oh boy, she can ball. Like, her her three point shot is disgusting. Like it is, she had to be like a D one athlete or something like that. Yeah, I would have seen her to be that, or maybe she's just that good. But she is extremely talented. Like the video I saw she posted today, she was cooking some guys in the gym. She was like, "Oh, I'm gonna start taking IDs," because like she was cooking this dude so bad. Like his mom was getting involved in the conversation in the middle of the game <laughs> while she's cooking her son. And like I'm like, why are you like they're playing ball and the. Uh, Williams was like, yo, if I was a dude, you wouldn't be talking to me like this. You know what I'm Ain't saying? That's like, the truth. Yeah, Ain't that the like, truth. Oh, my son can't get cooked by a girl. Your son's getting cooked by a baller. You suck. Like, get your weight up. Like, mm. point blank, period. Like, she can hoop. Like, it is what it is. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel a type of way. And especially as a woman, you should be like, damn, dude. Like, you should be like, yo, that's pretty cool. Maybe she can teach you something. Look at that as an opportunity to learn. Like, yo, how can she get to the rim so easily? 
why is her why is her three point shot so wet? Like, learn something from it. Don't don't feel like you're yeah. Because that. if she was a dude, they would probably have that same conversation. Learn from him. What's he doing? How is he getting you like that? Yeah, same thing. It's, Should yeah. be. It's 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 interesting. So shout out to her. She I, I I get joy out of seeing her play. I'm like, damn, I am I'm decent, but I'm not even close to that level of uh, ballerness. So, but yeah, think- it, it's, out also something. Outside of her being a woman and the patri like the patriarchal system, I don't want to get to like Twitter word, <laughs> but <laughs> the fact that we live in a very male dominated society, I still ask that mother, why did you feel the need to get verbally involved? <laughs> like, why did you feel the need to defend your son? If it were a court full of all men, do you know how lame that look for that nigga to have his mama out there like, don't do that to my baby. I think we should have that conversation instead. She I wouldn't do, do it. <laughs> yeah. She's out there cussing and like, like, yeah, you're the only and, and when I say this, it, I don't I don't mean to be like denigrating, but like, all right, cool. We know I that thought, we know that like she wouldn't she wouldn't have done that. And even now, I wonder if he's said anything. You're breaking up. I would, if I was to, I think she might have said, I wonder if he said anything to her. If I were him, I would have gotten the car. Sure, <laughs> well, my thing is, is like, we, we know that physically women typically are not <clears throat> like, I guess on the, I guess on the average, like more athletic than guys. Like you're not going to see, it's not common to see a woman's like, built like Calvin Johnson or like Julio Jones, if that makes sense, such as physically. So when you have a court full of guys and then you're going to pick on the sole woman that's on the court who is clearly the best player on the court, like that, as a woman, that makes you look even worse. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. Like, I don't understand getting involved because it's a woman, but I also just don't understand getting involved in general. (laughs) You did not help that situation. Yeah, if you're getting cooked on the basketball court, man, just get cooked, man. Don't yeah, like, I'm not here to defend you too. That makes it look way worse. Let me get like, let me get this in silence. I don't need the, yeah. the background music, please. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need people talking about me getting cooked and then my mama coming out right. there. <laughs> I got two problems I got to deal with. Shut up. See now, now I gotta now I gotta fend off the jokes and I gotta talk to you too. Like chill, man. Like, even, even when she leaves, you know he not living that down. That they're talking about it the next pickup game. Like it's not mother. going anywhere. Well, your mom's on the internet. It's on the internet. internet. <laughs> it's that, on the happened, internet. that happened to LeBron James one time and never happened again. Like LeBron's mom came like down to the floor or something like that, yelling and hollering. LeBron was like, "Yo, if you don't get your ass from out of here, and you ain't never mm-hmm. seen her since." She ain't never done that again. He made sure that wasn't gonna happen. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna be out here trying to defend my. <laughs> Go sit in the, sit in the suite. Yeah, and uh, she's also an artist too. She like draws, draws paintings and makes cities. So definitely, uh, go check her out. She's very, she's multi talented. Shout out to her. Keep doing what you're doing on the court. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I guess just going back to the whole like what Jeff Garcia was saying and what a lot of people are saying about Mina Kimes, where it's just like, well, actually I'm going to pull up the, I'm going to pull up the actual quote, but like preface it, what triggered him to make his comment. 
Oh, they, I mean, they they were just saying that the 40, essentially they're saying the 49ers are winning in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is very low on the list of reasons as to why the 49ers are winning. And um, he's not a good quarterback, you know, like he's not bad, but he's just not, he's not a quarterback who's going to elevate you to the levels that you need to be to win a Super Bowl. Like essentially he's Trent Dilfer. Yeah, objectively. And that's the, the issue that I have. Um, I'm going to read the quote real quick. So Jeff Garcia, former quarterback of the uh, San Francisco 49ers, he said, and I quote, who the hell is Mina Kimes and when's the last time she threw a touchdown pass in the game? Never, exclamation marks, ever, exclamation mark, has she taken a stab or can truly understand the ability, the mindset, the physical and mental toughness it takes to play quarterback position or any position in the NFL. The fact that there are people out here giving a platform to talk about something they have never done is hilarious, and that's how you have to look at her. She's a joke. Laughing emoji. So let's just laugh at her and support Jimmy. Root on our Niners to go out and beat the living fuck out of one more team. That's what it takes. She will never know that feeling. Can I get an amen? Peace. That's always one of the funnier arguments to me. Like, oh, you you wasn't you never been a quarterback. You never you never played before. It's like neither do you and your homeboys. But you have the same level of basic knowledge. <laughs> I do watch the game like. I never understood that you need to have play. I think that it, it makes your commentary a little bit more interesting. You get a little bit more respect on your commentary if you were, depending on what you're talking about, if you were one of those people who were actually on the field or the court, whatever, whatever. But to say that the majority of the also untalented, never touch the football in their lives men that run these talk shows day in and day out are somehow less more qualified to talk than Mina Kimes, who also has done the same amount of work on the field with the same knowledge, like I want that explanation of why I need to have played quarterback to speak about, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, but you cannot have even played on your varsity team in middle school and be somehow be way more. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not bringing that school to like Mike Greenberg or right. Mike. Yeah, you know, like I think uh, Skip Bayless got that smoke one time, but they're not doing that regularly. But it's like. It, it's only towards certain people where they're just like, well, you didn't play the game, so you can't talk about the game. And it's just like, there's people that have played the game that also can't talk about the game in an intellectual way or an entertaining way or an informative way. There's some people that have played the game that just can't explain the game to other people that were like Magic Johnson. I feel like he's not good on TV talking about basketball, even though he's obviously like a top five, top 10 player of all time. But I don't want to hear magic johnson talking about basketball because i don't think he's that good at it like Shaq, i don't think he's that good to talk about basketball either he's one of the best players ever but there's other people that have a different perspective and and for for mina kimes like she's actually doing a lot of research and a lot of film study and she's not just out here hot taking it shooting at the hips like she's very well informed and knows what she's talking about like for me personally there's only two no, actually there's only one person that I listen to for football coverage, like post pregame stuff. And it's Mina Kimes. Like I listen to uh, Bomani Jones when he talks about like sports in general, but when it comes to just NFL football, the only person I listen to is Mina Kimes because she's the most informed person that's out there right now. I'm not saying that everything she says is hundred percent right or what she says is gospel or that she knows everything, but I do know that she's informed. I do know that she's prepared and I know that the stuff she is saying is based on research, study, and not just, you know, hot takes and just like, well, that dude look good. So he probably is good. Like, 
she's more informed than everybody else for the most part. Well, the wild thing about this whole thing is just like she's saying something that anybody who watches the 49ers, including 49ers fans, already know. Like Jimmy G is not good. Did you not the see the last guy. Super Bowl he played in where he literally overthrew a pretty much Super Bowl winning touchdown throw? Did you not see the terrible interception he threw last week to pretty much give away that game? He threw a no-look interception in the Super Bowl. Or interception the- with his eyes closed. Yes. <laughs> like, that's what it, means. Like, his eyes, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, though. Look, it was like, yo, yo, I'm shut my eyes and throw this. He's not good. So it's like, if she'd have been like, oh, I don't know. If she'd have said something like, yo, I don't think Tom Brady is the first battle Hall of Famer, then that's a different conversation. Now we're looking at you like, fam, what is wrong with you? But she said the truth. Like, this is objectively true. Jeff Garcia is just being a wild homer. That's pretty much what that boils down to. And I, I think he didn't expect the response he got because, like, nobody agrees with him. Like, delete your account, bro. Delete your For account. a long time, men just men like him would hinge on the fact, like, she's a girl, right? And then they think everybody's going to be like, yeah, we'll share this stupid locker room talk with you. And everybody was like, I don't know, bro. Yeah, go ahead go ahead, log off for me, baby. Go ahead yeah, and log off. It's not 1990, bro. Like women do things. They have jobs. They have positions of power. They have they have the seat at the table. You know what I'm saying? Like who may have agreed and been like, "Yo, me to me to be wild," and they was like, "I can't even." I can't even hold you, bro. You got that. Not even just that. He's looking to Twitter to men who've never played the game themselves either to co-sign his idea. So it's just kind of like an oxymoron. Like, how are you going to go and look for people to co-sign you talking when they never done the same thing either? I mean, I've played at least 100 plus hours of Madden, so I am clearly qualified to talk about sports. Yeah, I'm a 10-time Super Bowl champion in Madden, so I feel like I'm more qualified to speak on sports than, than some woman that, you know, might be on her period or something. Yeah, man, you know. Uh, Jesus, I'm being so emotional. Exactly. I, I created a couple hot plays on Madden. I think the OCs, uh, they might need to check me out. Like, I had a play called uh, LJ Ghost. Uh, it was it was very nice. <laughs> it was a trips wide receiver set. It was a very basic screen. But, you know, I, I think I think Sean McVay can learn something from me. You know what I'm saying? From my Madden exploits. So, shout, shout, out, to, shout out to all the misogyny in sports. Um, but just kind of staying on sports briefly. Uh, Tom Brady. So, yeah. So there was reports that Tom Brady was retiring, but then there's reports that he's not retiring or it hasn't been confirmed. Um, I feel like if that report came out that it is pretty much done, but I think he wanted to he wanted to retire, I guess, on his own terms, I guess. Uh, people were joking, saying he wanted to make his retirement announcement in the NFT so he could, like, sell it, which <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. But, I mean, he has nothing left to prove. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had nothing left to prove, like, three Super Bowls ago. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, at this point, man, do your commercials, spend time with your family, spend your money. You know, there's nothing left for you here, right? You've done the unthinkable six-round draft pick, one Super Bowls with two franchises. You're that guy. So, you don't need to do this. However, I would like to inject my uh, Falcon support into this. Um, Like the homie Chris tweeted out, I talked about this last week. Falcons fans find a way to make everything about themselves. So I'm harvesting all these horrible Falcons tweets. And I think Lowski hit me up today, too, talking about 
we don't have we don't have an excuse not to win the division next year with Sean Payton leaving and potentially Tom Brady retiring. And I'm like, not so fast, my friend. We <laughs> have a terrible roster. Just because, fam, we got beat by fucking Trevor Simeon. So Sean Payton or not, this team is not good. Tom Brady or not, they still have Vita Vea. They still have Jason Pierre-Paul. Like, they still have a defensive line that is running through our protection. So, I, like I said, these these Falcons fans, man, the tweets aren't going to age well, man. Like, we're, we're not good. Do we have a, a better shot at making the playoffs? Absolutely. But is that a given? Absolutely not. So, yeah, just kind of, kind of, kind of pump your brakes on that. Um, but that's that's what Falcons fans do. They make everything about them, and they're just miserable people. I am not a fan. I am a supporter. There is a huge distinction between that. So, there we go. But yeah, um, I think it's just annoying with how the media is, where it's just like they care about being first and not right. You know, not accuracy doesn't really matter if you're the first one because, and this is where. Again, my problem with Instagram comes into play where it's just like, put this shit in chronological order because I'm on Twitter and it's saying like, hey, Tom Brady's not retiring or he hasn't made a decision yet. And I go to Instagram and I'm getting all these, uh, seeing all these posts from Sports Center and ESPN doing the whole like uh, uh, dick flute solo to Tom Brady all over my timeline. But it's stuff from two or three hours ago. And it's like, if this stuff was in chronological order, I wouldn't be seeing that stuff. But because Instagram just puts stuff up all willy-nilly, I'm seeing all these, oh, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Look at him from six-round pick to seven Super Bowl rings. Let's take a look at his career. Uh, we're going to miss you, Tom Brady, and stuff from three hours ago. And I'm like, all right, Instagram, you guys are making me sick. Like, just fix this shit, man. It's ridiculous. I yeah. am the, the fun thing about that type of that type of spread is that like I guarantee it was just some random account that was like Tom Brady retiring and the way that news spreads on websites like Twitter and then those rumors get turned into graphics and then by anybody not even ESPN or Sports Center, they just get turned into graphics by like PatriotsTalk.com <laughs> at PatriotsTalk um, and then those graphics then get pushed to Instagram and nobody on Instagram verifies sources. So now it's spreading like wildfire. And by the time it gets to Facebook, Tom Brady is not only retiring, but he's taking Roger Goodell's spot. So <laughs> Exactly. Just all the, all the fake shit, man. It's just like, what are we doing, man? Like, act, like confirm your sources. Like, isn't that what your job is? To say like, hey, uh, Someone said that Tom Brady's retiring. Maybe I should make a phone call, send an email. Maybe should I talk to the... Or to just the, look at the fact that this nigga got 19 followers. <laughs> I can't... I'm not going to verify to that person. <laughs> well, two, though, you know what? I'm going to play conspiracy theory. Um, Adam Schefter's contract is supposedly up this year with ESPN. And I, I think that, like, I think CNN is, like, kind of nipping at him, trying to get him to come over there. So maybe he's like, you know what? Fuck this job. Like, I'm going to put out some misinformation. I'm not going to come back anyways. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But that's just me being a wild conspiracy theorist. I mean, going through the motions. And he's like, hey, man, whatever, dog. I mean, uh, I'm in the fourth year. Summertime is right around the block. I'm out of here. Yeah, man. Uh, Brady, the god, 69, 69, 69, said he's retiring or whatever. Let me put in the tweet. Confirmed. Two followers confirmed. All his likes are porn. <laughs> 
No profile pic. Yeah, this man's getting uh, the information from a Russian bot. Like Got made in December 2021. <laughs> February 20, no December January 2021. Like, yeah, shout out to Stein Evans. Yeah, he didn't even he doubled down, man. Like, you can't do that. Like, oh, he didn't delete the tweet. Wow. I don't think he did. Copy and paste. It's like, all right, whatever, whatever it happens, here it is. He, he just yeah. gonna retweet. Yeah, he gonna retweet it. Like, yep, I was right, just not not at the right time. It'll be interesting. Like I said, the NFC South will be uh, up in up in arms, but I mean, it, it is what it is. So, um, let's let's transition. Let's go to Euphoria. I think we'll no. So let's talk about Ozarks briefly, briefly, briefly. So if you okay. haven't watched Ozarks, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Fast spoiler alert. Yeah, all that, all that jazz. Um. And really, it's not even about the it's not even about the show. It's about one specific aspect of said show. Um, so <laughs> uh, shout out to Lowski. We're gonna get to Rue in a second. We're gonna get to Euphoria after this, so that'll be spoilers too. But Rev hasn't watched this show. But one thing I will tell her is that in this show, a a relationship blossoms through white hillbilly love. Is one of them is ten year old and like a woman going through menopause. She's got to be like seven. Oh. That like for for all the for all the the issues uh, that Dare is complaining to Netflix or Dare is complaining about Euphoria about the whole drug use. Like, did nobody complain about the very cringeworthy, extremely uncomfortable sex scene that they had last year with? Uh, Wyatt and uh, Dar- Darlene, like that was probably the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, and that's on Netflix. Like the kids have access to that, you know what I'm saying? Like at least you got to pay for HBO. Like some kid could have stumbled upon that and been scarred for life, amongst other wild shit on there. But our commentary is not even involved on the source. It's not even really about spoiler alerts, but uh, kind of a little bit. But like, like does Darlene have like top five TV WAP? Mm, right and the reason i say this is that like this dude was willing to marry her so they could keep a child that they obtained at some point in the show that's a whole other uh whole other story within itself they have they obtain a child right and then spoiler alert wyatt was willing to die for that pussy oh he died for that thing he was ready to go He's like, I need to lock this thing up. You know what? I, I don't think in the moment he was ready to die for it. What boy did he die for? It? <laughs> Whether he wanted to or not, he was like, wait a second, hold on. He's like, I ain't even involved in this. He's like, hold on, I don't even know you, dog. Like, and then, yeah, yeah. I forgot that. Did they have a sex scene in that show with them too? You said, you said what? Um, uh, Wyatt and uh, Darlene. Maybe I've just blocked it out of my memory because I I hope they didn't. Yeah, there was, there was. Okay, I must have blocked yeah. that out because I had no recollection of that. I just was like, no, I'm not gonna remember this ever in my life because Jesus, no. And I'm not shaming, I'm not shaming old women, but that that old woman, she looks like an extra Game of Thrones. Like she should have been in one of those like yeah. the house house of phrase where it's like the rangy mangly people. <laughs> Those houses, because good God, 
I don't know what she looks like in real life, but she is horrifying. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. <laughs> That's sexy was. But I'm just like it's like for it's got to be top five. Like I can't I can't think of any like any other TV. Yeah. Okay, let's let's go through your list because I I, I, I I got a list of the uh, top five elite television WAP. Uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is this based off of? Uh, I'll explain it when I when I when I okay. uh, gave my my answers. So okay. number five. I don't know if a lot of, a lot of people probably don't remember this show. Uh, Orange is the New Black. Brooke So So, she was the uh, Asian character that showed up in like season I think four or five. Didn't make it that far. A lot of people quit by then, but she was one of the characters that everybody in that prison was trying to get with. Even the guards, like everybody tried to get with her. And What's the woman that real quick. Yeah, uh, the character's name is Brooke So So. I mean, it. You, you can look at her like in real life. She's, I mean, she's cute, but um, for the show, like a lot of people were willing to risk a lot. A lot of gang violence was willing to be had over that. Uh, number four, I'm going with Angela from Power. Uh, wow. Ghost, <laughs> Ghost went through a lot for that. Like at some point, it's like, bro, let it. Has died. <laughs> I lost the love of my life. The fact that he said that to his wife, <laughs> said that to his wife, let me know, like, yo, that was some elite, the <laughs> elite. Mother of his two children is three children. Three children. R.I.P. Reina. But yes. <laughs> yeah. So I had to. I threw her on the list because Jesus Christ, yo, like, show some respect, Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know the vibes. Number three. Follow this. I like this. Yeah, number three, I got Lynn from Girlfriends. It right? was musty, but I'm sure it yanked. <laughs> yeah. Still, <laughs> still had that grip, though. <laughs> Men and women were willing to, to get with that. So, I mean, if, you, if you're willing to overlook her vegan ways and her non-taking-the-bath stuff and her uh, white mom issues, then, yeah, that's it's got to be elite. Uh, number two, I'm going with Cersei from Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, yeah. Her brother musty. I mean, that that incest wop is <laughs> untouchable, apparently. So <laughs> the fact that her brother was clapping them cheeks regularly and was willing to kill a nigga about he, it too. He, he, he pushed. <laughs> he pushed his own family out the way. Pushed a small child out of a window. Pushed a little boy out of a window because that nigga saw because he couldn't resist. He, no, he pushed him out the window. It went back to work. He, he went back. Child's dead body. <laughs> like, I need that. <laughs> so I got to the child over that incest swap. That is, that is, that's done. Let me get back to what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> you still good? I'm still ready to go. Uh, and number one, most elite TV WAP in the history of TV and WAP goes to Olivia Pope from Scandal. If you've ever watched the show, the amount of powerful women, the powerful men. I'm talking that, about leader I mean, of the free world. <laughs> of the free world almost started a war trying to get her back. It, they spent an entire season with the president of the United States willing to go to fucking war to get that booty back. If that ain't elite wife, I don't know what is. I just don't know. She that. had niggas going crazy on that show. <laughs> Niggas with power, niggas with money. Like, I'm not talking about like 
oh, the manager at Walmart. I'm talking about like a nigga that's got the keys, like the the the, the nuke button, like that kind <laughs> of power. Like billionaires, like leaders of the free world, niggas that run uh, secret agencies was willing to like, nah, I turn all this shit over just for you. I give all this shit up to go make fucking Blackberry Jam in Connecticut with you in a log cabin. Like, that's some serious watch. So that's my top five. I would like to nominate um, Condola. (laughs) (laughs) Condola and Tasha. These are two that were able to delay an entire union by like six years. (laughs) Tasha started it. She just bought them titties to the Best Buy. I respect that. Had had this nigga lie and say, yeah, let's think about it. (laughs) And Issa pull up to the crib. This nigga had the Best Buy t-shirt in the closet. Cold. This nigga ain't got no heart. Smacking cheeks. So shout out to Tasha. Then Condola again (laughs) delayed this nigga's dreams by like three years. (laughs) Gave him a baby. (laughs) Just immediately. (laughs) Take that. Derailed this whole man's entire life. So shout out to Tasha and Condola. You would think it would be Issa. So no, 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 no. no. Queens take the cake. Number four or five. <laughs> shout to shout to Insecure. We never really talked about it, but like it was the, like so. The this isn't really a topic. We'll insert it in between Euphoria, and I have to edit this uh, when I do my write up. But like, yeah, a lot of people uh, were saying like, "Hey, it's not taking over Twitter like it usually does," and I. Like, I kind of was interested in it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch it. I, I wasn't actively looking for spoilers, but I tried to avoid it. So I binged this, you know, 30-minute episodes. It's pretty short. So, but I thought the last season was really good. Like, I, I thought it was I thought it was really good, Um, how they wrapped it up. Um, I like how, you know, it was a positive black show. Like, you know, everybody, you know, all all's well to end it well. It, like like uh, Red was saying, it went through some uh, loops. There's some stuff, some some stuff in the end, but it, it all it all turned out good. You know what I'm saying? Like I like to see, you know, black people represented in that way. Uh, there were some people putting out some corny tweets saying like, "Yo, there's no like black men shows where everything's positive," but you know, we thrive off negativity, so we don't really need that. But mm-hmm. shout out to Insecure. It, it, it ended really good. I, I thought I it was do, really cool. I think it ended well too. I think a lot of it, or some of it at least, was people like kind of grieving the fact that the show was leaving. And so people I think were, I, I know at least I was hesitant to like talk about it. Cause like every time I talked about it, that just reminded me of like, three episodes left of the show forever. The season ended really well, but I do, I distinctly remember that seeing the final credit and being like, dang, this is like not going to be a show no more. And getting kind of sad about it. Cause this show premiered in 2016. I was like a sophomore in college, I think. So, like, this show took me from, like, early college to, no, I was a junior in college. So, it took me from college where I was, like, 20 all the way up until I was almost 30. Like, it was, it's weird to, like, have that, something that's been, like, that much a part of you for so long leave now. So, I think people were a little bit, like, grieving the show leaving a little bit. And so, they either, like, just didn't talk about it because they were kind of delaying themselves into watching it. Or, you know, they just didn't know how to talk about it knowing that it was leaving. Yeah, so spoiler alert if you haven't watched it again, spoiler alert. Um I I didn't I didn't necessarily see I mean at a certain point I kind of figured they were gonna end it like that, but I thought they were gonna do I didn't think she'd get back with Lawrence. I didn't think that was gonna happen. I thought they're gonna, you know, give a kind of a 
just like, oh, you know, we're going to go our separate ways thing. But they, they, you know, that, that worked out really good. I like that they did that. You know what I'm saying? Like a happily ever after. Well, some people might be like, it was a little predictable. But like with the time skips and like the sub point in between, it was like, okay, well, maybe it's not going to go this way. You know what I'm saying? But I liked that it ended where it, it kind of started. So, I mean, I still hate Lawrence. Everybody, I would like everybody wow. to know that I do not like Martin Lawrence Walker. But wow. if he's just happy, then I guess, okay. So, so why don't you like Lawrence? I don't like Lawrence because for so long, and this is a recent feeling for me because I loved Lawrence up until honestly, like season four, like right those last moments. And I don't like Lawrence because Lawrence tries so hard to be a good nigga, where he is like awful, <laughs> like he is the baby daddy from hell. <laughs> But he wants to be a good nigga so bad. He truly believes in his heart that he is a good person. He he tried. He tried. He was doing the best he could. No, I don't. When he looked at her in her face and said, well, is it mine? I said, you have some nerve, my nigga. Why why would you say that? And that's when I was like, I hate you. I hate Lawrence so much because he tried oh, to act so distraught over having to tell Issa he was having a baby with somebody else. Nigga, what did you expect to happen? You was raw, hidden cheese. He got an yeah, STD. He, and call, he, had, he was sleeping around so much he called the lady he didn't even, he wasn't even with. He was like, yo, I think you might want to go get checked. She was like, we never need to smash. What are you talking about? Yeah, and it was Issa a hoe in the same season after he was wow. just finishing his cycle of medicine. <laughs> after the white, <laughs> white girls ran a train on him. <laughs> oh, you a hoe. Wrong <laughs> like, told that nigga to go home if he wasn't if he had no more. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, you ain't got no more dick. Bounce, nigga. I'm like, wow. Issa Come on, like, Lawrence. Said, How dare this nigga? Your game up. I think that might have been kind of a kind of a thumbing their nose at the whole remember the whole Twitter thing where it's like, oh, they never show them using condoms on insecure. This is so irresponsible. I'm like, fam, come on. Bro. Like they, they don't do that for literally any show. It's just so crazy how Lawrence got off so easy. Issa cheated one time. This nigga had gonorrhea, had a baby. <laughs> Well, he is clear, clear, uh, curable. He might have had like syphilis. Probably. This nigga was going crazy. And Issa cheated one time. So <laughs> he yeah. had sex with a nigga in her apartment building, and he was like, "Oh my god, oh she's unlovable." <laughs> I'll never find another. <laughs> she's not good enough. And Condola gave her gave him an out. Like she was like, "Hey man." I don't need you to be here. If you don't, if you ain't trying to raise this baby, that's cool. And he was like, nah, man, I'm a, I'm a beat it. I'm a do this shit, man. I'm a, I'm a fly. He called out his date to go know that the baby was being born. <laughs> that nigga could have walked away with no responsibilities and been cool. He could have went, he could have went to Easton's house like, oh, I'm good. Ain't nothing wrong. We good. Like, hey, let's just keep this going. That's what I mean when I say he want to be a good nigga so bad. He's so trash. <laughs> he ain't got it in him. Because he stuck around to give her nothing. For the <laughs> and looked at her crazy when she said, don't be feeding my baby no carrots. He not ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't want to fall into the... 
I think it was responsible on HBO's part for him to for him not to be the wild deadbeat. Like he was like deadbeat adjacent, but like he even though he gave the bare minimum, he still he still showed up for his child. And even at the end, they showed that you know they had a a blended type family. This so, nigga you know, pulled up to the hospital 17 minutes after the baby was born. <laughs> <laughs> Where my son? He run, he been at running things. Ain't been around no point. Oh my god! I felt so yeah. bad for Condola because I spent all that time thinking she was trash, but it was cool. Condola was an upgrade for Lawrence. Yeah. Condola was out of his league. He would have been so lucky for Condola to accept him as he was, but she's seen through it, and people tried to play her in season four and be like, "Oh my god, why she treated Lawrence like that?" Because she was smart. She wasn't Issa. Issa let this nigga have a baby on her. And she was like, I love him. Lawrence had a break baby. had a break baby on Issa. He's like, I'll take it back. I'll take that back. Let me take the old work back. I mean, she acted a fool over this baby, broke up with the nigga, and still came right back to him. Like, damn. Uh, all, all poor Kendrick Sampson was trying to do was love Issa. She cried in this nigga mouth. He said, bet. His mama calling her his boyfriend, her boyfriend before he ready. He was like, bad, it's cool. I'm just trying to love Shorty. I love her. And she was like, mm, no, dysfunction. I need drama in my life. <laughs> I need chaos. Oh, man. Fair enough. Yeah, that was. I love you, Issa. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, uh, <laughs> sticking on HBO, uh, let's go to the show that is taking up all the bandwidth on uh, HBO right now. Uh, shout out to Righteous Gemstones. They need to pump some more uh, advertisement of that show. If you haven't watched it, it's hilarious. I am pushing the Righteous Gemstone agenda. If you like Eastbound and Down, if you're a fan of Danny McBride, this show is hilarious. Definitely check that out. But on to Euphoria. Um, if you've watched Euphoria, it is a very chaotic show. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot going on with this show. Um, it can make at times make people a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, it's very gritty, very graphic. Um, but I guess it's not more graphic than other TV shows. I just I think people like I think you even said this uh, as well, Rev, as far as like with the whole high school thing, which has now become like a running joke yeah. on Twitter, which is hilarious within itself. Um I mean there's there's shows that are sexually explicit. Um like there's a lot of unsolicited penis in this show, which so much. I'm just like no. Listen, listen, listen. I I, I, I am I, okay uh, with the equal opportunity nudist that this show is bringing. Any other show, you see women's tits, you see oh, their cooch, oh, you see on. everything on women, not, and you never see quite. the men. Not this quite. is equal opportunist. Everybody's gonna be naked, and I'm okay with that. I I've I've yet to see any woman's crossroad region on this show one time. It's just a bunch of penises from like the but first. It's, it's, it's equaling out. It is equaling out to all these other shows. On all these other shows, you see women's breasts, you see them naked for no reason. The sex scenes, all you see is the women. And now at this show, I don't know who the director is, but I'm with it because they're just Shut like up. everybody. Everybody's Shut gonna be seen. Shout out to Aubrey Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is that the <laughs> on this show? I really, really got to talk about it. Because he is way too close <laughs> to Like, 
why is why are all his friends 17? Come on, Drake. That's weird. And I remember that's another, that's another, that's but another you know, I didn't know that he was a producer, but you know what? That actually makes sense because this show kind of does remind me of like uh elevated Degrassi, which is gonna be coming out soon. So I'm curious to see if they compete in any ways. But I can kind of see that now because them high school kids were also going through some shit. For the record, I've never seen a second of the Degrassi. So um, you missed it out. So you missed out in your childhood. It was great. I I was too busy. Uh, oh yeah, when when Jimmy. Chasing, when, oh, I was. <laughs> I was a, around before Jimmy was in the wheelchair. Okay, I was a real fan. I think it's like season four or something like that. A pivot, a pivotal white man character gets. Uh, well, your favorite. It, well, it's not a spoiler no more. This show is like twenty years old. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. <laughs> Drake got shot in the back. He got popped in the middle of the hallway by this white boy. Popped him. <laughs> pop, pop. This nigga paralyzed next season. Like that's the that's the kind of stuff that Degrassi was handling. I've seen that video. Like I've seen the meme. I think I have that meme of the white child like screenshotted on my phone, <laughs> looking crazy. <laughs> but uh, I, I think a uh, shout to Losk. I think that the name of this episode might be uh, "Dicks and Flat Chested B Words." <laughs> <laughs> or coxtrol. <laughs> but okay, so before we get to the episode, so I, I get what you're saying. It's not equal opportunity. It's just like, yo, penis is everywhere, bro. Like it's crazy. Crazy. I'm with um, it. I support I, it. I, I mean, if you're a penis supporter, that's that's fine. Like if that's you know, <laughs> not knocking your hustle. But it's I mean, like, like right in the face though. It it, it it they they are I feel like they are trying to prove something with not prove something but i guess they're just trying to have a little bit of a shock value like there's a couple scenes where it's just like yo yeah. that, 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 the bathroom and he sit on the toilet i'm like dog like why, yeah, why was was this out talking? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah no you're not why wrong. are we at the meat show when you're taking a yeah. dog like it's like and you have to remember again these are supposed to be like 16 17 year olds <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one after the other you so know what you're so right crazy. Where's the line? I, I don't want to see no more of this, please. What's the plot? And kind of going off of what Elle was saying, if they're if they're trying to do a thing where they're like, hey, we're going to show, like, you know, obviously in most TV shows, it's mostly women being naked and full frontal and whatever. We're going to try to balance that out with this show. Like, if, the, if that's the thing that they're trying to do, then I get it. But there's sometimes where it's just like, all right, man, I need to see that dick. Like, that dick could have stayed, like, in its in its place, like, you like when the drug dealer came out the room for no reason. Yeah, they could have. They could have. There was an episode. There was one episode uh, last season where the uh, the the thicker girl was doing her webcam thing, and the okay. the big dude, the big Party. dude started beating, the big dude started beating his mini me. And I was like, oh, they didn't need it for that. I'm telling you, everybody, everybody, I guess everybody they're welcome, like, all penises. Zendaya was like, because Zendaya, I don't I don't think she does nude scenes. Like, I think that's just like one of her like deal breakers. So I guess they was like, mm -hmm. Zendaya, you get B-list Dave, you know, and an actor whose name you'll never remember. I just, it's, it's just the fact that, again, this these are supposed to be high school students. It's so much nudity that I did not act. Because now that you've told me that these are high school students, my I don't care that these actors are 25, 26, 27. Like, they're 15 now because I view them in the lens of a high school. I don't want to see that. 
Well, even so, with that, we're kind of double back. We didn't even got to this episode, but this is a good conversation. If you double back to um, same network HBO with Game of Thrones, if you read the books, which I attempted to do, it is probably <laughs> the hardest read I've ever attempted. I stopped. I'm like, yo, I can't do this. Like, it's not that like, like I can read. Obviously, like I read books, but just like, <laughs> wow, wow. You know what? You're mad. At but it's just kind of like, yo, like. It's different hearing like, oh, this is Jonas Haltha Baratheon second seat when you hear it, but when you have to read it like 36 times, I'm like, fam, my head's starting to hurt. Talk. It's like, a lot of world building. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. it's not even like, even fifth graders who love Harry Potter wouldn't read the Game of Thrones books. Like, it's just, it's too much. So with that, uh, the characters in that, in the book, I think they added, I think, two or three years to every character, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> because there were some extremely problematic scenes in that show. Daenerys was like 13, I think. Yeah. I know I know the girls, uh, fucking, what are the names? Uh, my favorite char character, Arya, and then what's her sister's name? The one nobody liked? Sansa. Sansa, yes, yeah. Sansa. Yeah, they're, they're all like minors. Yeah. And if you watch Game of Thrones, I'm sorry, I'm uh, surprised Marcus didn't tweet about it, but like... <clears throat> Her and the the wild boy, um, the the bastard dude, that shit was kind of hard to watch. Oh right? yes, mm. and, and in the book she's like fourteen or fifteen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, this is some wild boy shit. But yeah, going to what Rev saying with uh, Euphoria. Yeah, if you're looking at it through the lens of high schoolers, like it is, like it's kind of it's kind of wild. Like it is, it's a bit much. And I know people are like, oh well, you know, you guys never watched like kids like i haven't i've heard of it i'm aware of the the movie but it's different when you have like <clears throat> one condensed film versus you know hour-long episodes every episode is just like wild brazy teenage yeah. teenage sex and grown people weirdo sex just yes yeah, but that's kind of the norm with a lot of tv shows you look at something like mm. riverdale you look at something like Riverdale, which is on the CW, so you don't even need cable TV to watch that one. And these kids are having all types of sex in high school. Now, like the latest of the season, they're supposed to be grown adults, but the whole entire show, you see them being rich and this and that is just unrealistic. But that's besides the point. As far as the, the sex scenes and everything, they're not as... Um, PG-13 as they used to be. Like the PG-13 center, it really pushed to the edge. So now that you have a show that's on cable television, like on the HBO, of course they could take it there. Of course they can elaborate more on those type of scenes. So let's put a, that's also an interesting conversation. We'll put a button on that, come back. Just the whole, the whole America's view on like sex is kind of weird in general. But to the episode, um, this and it's kind of you know, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch this episode. It's on episode three, and uh, started out interesting. I, I like how they're doing the, the backstories for all the characters. Um, which again, like again, people's everybody's journey is different. Like, um, just kind of giving the backstory of why the you know, the dad is how he is, or whatever. That's that's how he is. I didn't that. I didn't like that. I'm, if we're going to talk about them, so I didn't like that because that them them showing the the dad's backstory to make him a sympathetic character. I don't buy that because if you want to say like, hey, you know, he he was questionable back in his his youth, like he was 
<clears throat> still exploring his, his sexuality, but he kind of got he got off track because his girlfriend got pregnant, and that led to him as an older man being like a closeted gay guy. I could understand that, but that's not what he's doing. He's out here having sex with kids and yeah. recording it. Mm-hmm. Not, I can't make mm-hmm. that guy a character. I'm not. I didn't need a 20 minute explanation of. Oh, Welcome he, to the show, Dolphin. He wasn't. He he's a he's just a, a a guy who just lost his way as a as a child. He he wasn't really, he wasn't able to fully explore himself. No, that nigga's a rapist. He's a child molester. I'm not gonna sympathize with that guy. There's nothing, there's nothing that you can show me about that man's past that's gonna make me feel sorry for him, like I do with all the other characters. Like, and that's the thing that they've been doing with this show. Every episode is about. They focus on one person's past and their upbringing and how they got to this point. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't need it for that for that guy. I didn't need it. I also didn't really enjoy the thought of, um, I don't know. I didn't like that it was just like gay splains at the end, and we didn't really like. I don't know how to explain it. It just felt like they were like using his homosexuality to gain him sympathy, sympathy instead of just like making that part of his story. Um, I did, however, like the way that they introduced Nate into like why he hates Nate so much. And it's basically because Nate ruined his life. Just him being conceived really. Yeah. Back forever. So I, I did like that part, but I didn't like, I don't know. I don't like the way, I wish he would have had a, a different backstory. I, I would agree to that because I, I didn't take it as them necessarily. Um, I mean, I guess you can take it that way if you wanted to with the sympathy thing. I think they were just giving more details to his backstory, like his back, his history from the past. But I do, I do agree with you, Red, as far as like how they kind of weighed heavy on the whole, you know, in the closet type of homosexuality mm-hmm. and and everything. And in reality, I think I wish that they would have pressed a little bit more on like his relationship with his father and the family dynamic. Because mm-hmm. once you saw a little glimpse of that and how hard his dad was on him and so far, it kind of, oh, okay. That to me, when I saw that scene, it made sense to, you know, how he is towards Nate, how he is with his wife and everything. So I wish that they played a little bit more about that. Yeah, the homosexuality in there, because that's part of his story, obviously, in his being you know, with what he's doing now. But I wish that they would have played a little bit more into that side as far as his upbringing. A little bit further, because it would it would translate better with Nate. And and I think that would have been a little bit more understandable because it's more of an explanation towards Nate. Not necessarily just his homosexuality. And then obviously, as we were saying, he's out here, you know, having relations, basically, yeah, molesting. It's not having relations. He's molesting these young kids. And it's not okay. They, yeah, I feel but, like there's a part that I think there's also a part there that they're skipping over, which is the more dangerous side of his actions and what he's doing now as an adult. Yeah, yeah I agree. I wish, like like Marcus said, I don't want to feel if this episode for a split moment made me feel like, oh, poor cow, and I didn't like feeling like that. Ew, I didn't. He's still <laughs> like there was when when they introduced Nate. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! When he kind of when he gets the call, he's had the best night of his life with life with his friends. And the next morning, his girl calls and says, I'm pregnant and I'm sure about it. And like that just being like the end of the life that he had saw for himself after that one night. Um, That's what made me feel like, oh, man, poor cow. And I didn't like feeling like that because he really like <clears throat> changed Ruse, not Ruse, I'm sorry, Jules' entire life. And like 
really traumatized her in a way that doesn't deserve sympathy. Well, I mean, he he kind of paid for that uh, as the little homie uh, ashtray. Oh. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know if you call pistol whipping, pistol whipping somebody with a shotgun, but he got <laughs> shotgun whipped <laughs> brutally. <laughs> There's uh, a little bit of a recognition. I love Ash. Yeah, he's a shout out. He's from Georgia. Shout out to him. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so the the main thing, like, the show's wild. Uh, let's get to the Dare part real quick. So Dare is caught chasing Euphoria, pretty much saying that Euphoria glamorizes drug use, sex, and violence per NBC News. Um, yada yada yada. They're saying rather than further each parent's desire to keep their children safe from potentially horrific consequences of drug abuse. And other high-risk behavior, HBO television drama Euphoria choose to misguidedly glorify and erroneously depict high school student drug use, addiction, anonymous sex, violence, and other destructive behaviors as common and widespread in today's world. Again, they could say the same thing towards Riverdale, and they don't. There's so many other shows that they can have that same argument with, and they don't, and they're pinpointing Euphoria because what? It's not that they're not watching the show. Because if you if by what you said, it's like they're they're glorifying the sex and the drug use, they are not glorifying the drug use. Not at we, all. People OD, we've seen people die. We've seen people have like bad sex. We've seen people get raped and we've had people have abortions. They're showing everything. Like, yes, there are good things about having sex. There's There are fun elements about having sex, but then they also show the downsides of it to where you get um, an STD or your um, rate or you have to get an abortion or you have to have that pregnancy conversation or uh, you, you, you know, you, they had the scene where the younger sister walks in and sees her older sister OD'd on the floor. They had the episode um, before season two where the old, the old uh, Ali was talking about how his life fell apart because of drugs, and he's like in his sixties. Like they show both sides, and there's just they're they're being irresponsible, and they're not actually watching the entire show. They don't know what they're talking about. This is just like when Kanye West got nominated for Best Gospel Song by a gospel uh, mm-hmm. TV show for Jesus Walks. They just saw the name. They just saw that the show that the song was popular. It's called Jesus Walks. Nominate that song, even though it's got cussing in it. We didn't actually listen to it. So like, mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. They're not watching the show. They just know it's popular. So even before the show, Zendaya post warning saying just a reminder before tonight's premiere the euphoria is for mature audience it's raw and honest portrait of addiction anxiety and difficulty in navigating life today these scenes are there are scenes that are graphic hard to watch can be triggering triggering please only watch if you feel you can handle it like first and foremost she shouldn't have to do this because if you don't want your kids watching it watch your kids yes it's a funny bring that up you have to pay for HBO. Like it's not yeah. something you put the channels that titties <laughs> pop up on your screen. Like HBO is a premium channel, and this comes on late at night to where your children shouldn't be watching it. It's at nine p.m. If you have a problem with your teenagers watching it, then you need to set up those parental controls, and, like, or you need to get rid of the network altogether. You need to do something <clears throat> with your passwords. But a show that comes on at nine p.m. on a Sunday, that is for mature audiences and, and makes it makes a uh makes that known that it's for mature audiences you need to be paying attention to what your children are watching that is not zendaya's job that's not sam levinson's job to baby your kids when they it's not for them i mean that i have i have hbo and i also have young kids who watch things on hbo they have their own separate account that they can use to watch sesame street 
or uh, the Amazing World of Gumball, whatever it is that they want to watch. They can. You have to put in a passcode to get to the stuff that me and my wife watch, which is like you know Game of Thrones, uh, Euphoria, and uh, right, uh, sure, like stuff like that. Like there are uh, things put in place to protect your kids from watching this show as a parent. Uh, yeah, it, it's. If they were showing Euphoria on on Nickelodeon, I would have a problem with that. Right. But they're not. It's on HBO. It's not regular TV. It's HBO. Like, come on. That's yeah. There we go. So, but yeah, that's they're they're they literally just gave Euphoria more fucking promotion. That's literally what they did. Like, Dare is not going to get anything from this. Like, if anything, Dare is going to get clown. I saw when they tweeted this out. There were a lot of people saying like, "Yo, Dare kind of maybe interested in drugs." Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> because of Dare. Yeah. Listen, listen, my sister had an encounter with a dare instructor in her school. And uh, not to make a long, I'll make a a shorter story. Basically, she had just moved from New York to Florida. She's in school. And they were like, oh, she's a new student. And then he was like, oh, you're from New York? She's like, yeah. Where are you from? Well, I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, I bet you had to walk over dead bodies going to school. Oh, I bet you had a hard time seeing drugs all over the place. And he tried to make up. She's like, no, I I did it. You know, he tried to use her as an example and try to tie it into his work because of where she was from. So I said to say that not every instructor knows what the fuck they're talking about and what they're doing, because he definitely did not like scare straight her or anything. He low key traumatized her and made her sad. So. Well, <laughs> New York is a shithole, so I can Whoa. definitely. No, I went there. You remember what we seen? South Breeze in the streets. It smelled like piss. There was a guy that was probably jacking off to Hustler magazines on a cardboard box. New York is where you at. New York is definitely a cesspool. You want to talk about Georgia or you want to talk about Florida? I know you want to talk about Florida. I'm not from Georgia. I'm not from Florida. So let's not let's not drag Georgia into this. Let's relax. He's from Mississippi, which is the obesity capital of even worse. I don't live in Mississippi, so that doesn't matter. And we don't have people fondling themselves and you know self mutilating themselves in the streets. Um, anyway, good evening, everybody. Glad to have you back. Uh-huh. L, sorry, I, w- I actually thought we were recording tomorrow, so I was asleep. Um, I didn't know what we were talking about at first. I thought you guys were speaking about uh Robert you? Kelly or something like that. Uh-huh. We were talking about perverts, nasty stuff like this Who show, Euphoria. I've, I've seen like one episode, I didn't know it was that nasty. I don't think I have any interest in watching this type of show. Uh, whenever I view Twitter or talk to my friends that watch it, they talk about the uh, the overload of white penises everywhere uh, during the show, and they've warned me not to view it. So that's my thoughts on it for you. So as we wrap up, oh, go ahead, bro. All I will say is D.A.R.E. Um, is another product of the Reagan administration that ruined our lives forever. Everything bad for this country, for this world, came out of the Reagan administration. Thank you. Yes. Uh, what is you weren't it? even born during that, but thank you for your input. Oh, I'm sorry. You were. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to speak ill of your time. He's offended. So the, the, the actual, the last part about Euphoria, actually the main part that I want to, to tap into, which is possibly the part that's going to make me stop watching the show, um, is the the end right? 
the whole uh, her whole genius plan. Like, what are we doing? Did the the show jump the shark? Because there's only one way this can go. There's only two ways this can go, and it's not going to go one of the ways, right? She's the she's the protagonist. She's not going to die. She's not going to get killed, right? So why why even? This is the stupidest shit I've ever seen, and I don't understand where it's going to fit into the show. The only thing I can predict is that somehow Fez is going to have to intervene and kill mm-hmm. this woman or become the fucking drug dealer or something like that. But it's like this whole little fucking story, this little story arc, it's stupid. Like it, there's no reason for it. Does she even have other people that are going to help her sell these drugs or is she just about to coke herself out? Like, I don't, I don't like this. Yeah. I feel this, like this she made it up. You don't, you don't see her talking to nobody. I think she yeah. made up that whole story and yeah, I don't, I don't see how that's going to happen. Unless her and her new boo, that's not her boo. He's low key oh, stealing her girl. I like he that. He might be able to come and help. That's my guy. I like that guy. He's real cool. I, I, you know, there's a rumor that uh, he and Jules, which uh, is Hunter, that they're dating in real life. There's a rumor. Throwing that out there. I respect you. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think the show could get a little too off the rails and away from what it's intended to be about. Like, I think it's. The, the scope of the show kind of needs to stay where it was in season one as far as like, hey, let's focus on these uh, quote-unquote high school students and their lives and what's going on in their in their world. Now they're starting to branch off into drug dealer world and like, okay, now we're dealing with outside adults that uh, have their own adult issues going on, which is like, I kind of get it because, you know, Fez and Ashtray are drug dealers. So that's part of it, but it's just like, Okay, now we're taking it a step further. We're now we're going to the suppliers. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, what happens if she doesn't sell these drugs? What happens if she doesn't make this money? Yeah, I'm like, what like, do I do? Are we gonna go down that path or she's gonna yeah. have to like come clean and be like, hey, we all need to scooby doo this shit and make this work? Like, what are we gonna do? You know? Yeah, that's the part I was just about to say. That's where I'm starting to get worried because once she was able to brew an addict as a suitcase that nobody has ever seen, and realistically mm. You would say, Rue, what's in that suitcase? Nobody asked her, except for Ali, who she was oh, able to no. yell at and kind of get off her back. She walked in that house, and her mama said, is that my blazer? Instead of, where are you, my addict's daughter, getting this suitcase <laughs> from? I've never seen it. Open it. <laughs> Open it up. Like, oh, I'm auditioning for Oklahoma. Like, what? Well, she probably thought that it was a, a prop. When she said that, she probably figured that was a problem. I like, ain't okay, never known a black woman to let you walk into her house with something. She <laughs> send you out the house with that book bag and you came home with that book bag. What's that? Black mamas ask questions. Her mama talking about, oh, she doing so good. Your daughter has fentanyl in that bag. Her, her mom loves to live in, in La La Land, honestly. I hope that they give a little bit more to her backstory. Yeah, that was, uh, it was definitely... Uh... Interesting episode. I'm, I'm gonna keep up with it, but I'm like, uh, either who's gonna get kidnapped for real, or she's gonna get her sister kidnapped. If, if we're gonna go absurd, I don't. Somebody's about to die. But I feel like Rue's gonna get her sister kidnapped because Rue is rarely home. Gia is the one that's home, and if they're gonna go looking for Rue, they're gonna go to the house that they think she's at. I think she's gonna get her sister kidnapped. What I hope happens is that somebody comes to their senses and says, "Open that that suitcase." And she could just give it back. 
because after there's no going back from her doing all these drugs or courting all these drugs and now there's a risk of her dying because now i mean in episode one she was about she basically died and they had to epipen her ass back to life or whatever it was that he did and <laughs> you know what i mean and then now she has a whole last suitcase full of drugs y'all really think she's gonna live to the next episode I, I hope Rue doesn't die because I don't know where the show goes after that. But well, yeah, they're of course they're going to keep her alive. But it's just interesting how they decide to choose, like how they're going to play with her and her sobriety and her drug addiction and all of that. She was she was about to die just one episode ago. Like this last episode, like I I I don't know much about fentanyl, but I just don't. Is there like a a dose that's safe to take? <laughs> Uh, from what I saw, I watched a lot of uh, what is it called? Uh, intervention. They said like a grain of salt worth of fentanyl could kill you. <laughs> okay. Oh wow! Okay. Oh wow! Extremely potent. Extremely potent. So yeah, that's not that should that's just not for play play. So, so I yeah, doing it in the bedroom again. Her mama let her walk yeah. with a suitcase full of heroin. <laughs> And did it actually? <laughs> yeah, that's. I'd like to also give a shout out once again, since y'all talking about Euphoria, I know now, to the homie Tony, who is doing the score for season two. Uh, longtime childhood friend, uh, definitely getting that ass cap money off of all y'all watching. So continue to watch the show. I thank y'all very much for that. Shout out to Meridian. But yeah, so we'll, we'll keep up with that. Um, I want to get to uh, a little bit of music, a little bit of music stuff. Before we get to Marcus's tweet, which was very interesting, I don't know if you guys saw it. He pretty much tweeted out a picture saying, without naming these rappers, pretty much all the hip-hop pioneers, who are your favorite, five favorite rappers? But before we do that, um, and we were talking about this before the podcast, I've been hearing this name a lot since I started listening to him, but I started listening to Mac Miller uh, just to get ready for the book, Most Dope. If you haven't copped it, definitely cop it. So I wanted to have some background before because I never listened to his music. Like I'd heard he was good, a good MC or whatever. But like I, I really feel like I don't have any friends, right? I feel like that I was like let down and bamboozled because like I got to, and if you have listened to this album, I highly recommend it. But I got to his Divine Feminine album. Like yeah. that might be my new favorite album. Oh, you're not gonna tell me that no one told you about that one because I know nobody told me about that. Nobody told me about that. Cap, check Twitter. Well, my Twitter I was guy. listening to him when we worked together, and you never listened to but any you, of the music. Okay, I, to. I understand that. I understand, like, hey, check out this artist. Try to play it in the car. I need more direction. Ride, yeah. I need more direction. I like, look, listen to this specific album, listen to yeah, this right. specific song. I probably I'll be like, How long did it take you to listen to Logic? That was a, that was more of a research thing, and I and the N word list is coming. I've already started creating it. I have the, I, I have the songs. I bookmarked them. The list will be coming out on every song yeah, I can use the N word on. Yeah, if you got more than one song. It's an issue, honestly. It's like That's six white man. So in, in, so one of the songs, one of the songs is a flex because he did it with the song with Eminem. Mm. Mm. Ooh, mm. spicy. The, the fun white rappers. Um, but yeah, like. That that album is great. Like I am, I am like obsessed with this album now. It is right. so good, so good. My favorite song is uh, 
favorite parts. That's my favorite song. Yes, I just I've also been getting fed a lot of Mac Miller. Uh, there's this homework vibes playlist on Spotify, um, which obviously we are canceling now, according to you know Joe, things I've heard about Joe Rogan and not being off the platform. But anyway, before the cancellation, I was uh, listening to this homework vibes playlist on there, and there was a ton of Mac Miller. And on one hand, the music was uh, absolutely beautiful, all of it. Um, it's also incredibly sad to listen to. We talked about this before we started recording, but a lot of Mac's music was like a, a literal cry for help, like a literal, I am depressed. I don't know who I am anymore. Fame is crashing down on me. But here's a beautiful 16 about it. And it was there's like two, three years worth of just very sad music from Mac Miller. Um, that's beautiful, but tough to listen to. Faces, Faces and Good AM are two albums that listening to now that he is gone are hard to listen to. Or it's just like, it like and like I was saying before we were recording, like the signs are right there. The stuff that he's going through, he's putting it right there in front of people. And instead of, you know, and it, it, I, don't, I don't feel like there's pressure on the fans to do anything because as fans, you can only do so much. Like I can't, I can't go to Mac Miller and say, hey, are you okay? Like, is your life going the way you want it to mentally? Are you there? I, I can't do that. But if I'm like the producer or the engineer or someone in his family that he, you know, he's paying for your house, like there has to be someone that can listen to a certain song that he put out and be like, yo, do we need to talk? Cause like, this is some dark shit. Like, and I understand that you got to get your art out there. You have to express yourself in a way that is, uh, I guess, uh, respectful to what you have to do. You got to say what you got to say, but you should you should be able to. Someone should hear some of these songs and say like, "Hey, dog, pull them aside and be like, hey, what's going on with you? What are, what's going on in your life? Are you self medicating or self diagnosing yourself or something? Because a lot of these songs are just pretty much. I don't want to say they're suicide notes, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> some of, some of them kind of feel that way. Yeah, and like I said, if somebody would have told me he had an album with Bilal, Anderson Pack, Ty Dollar Sign, CeeLo, Ariana Grande, and Kendrick Lamar, I probably would immediately would have checked that out. And I did the thing where I, I hate this I hate this site, but it was the first one I could think of. And I immediately knew whatever they were going to put was not going to be high enough for me. But I checked Pitchfork and they don't have like a Mac Miller album rated higher than like a seven. And I was like, to this is this shit is way higher than seven to me. Like mm -hmm. this is excellent. So I'm probably gonna go back and check out all the, the hip hop albums that came out in 2016. I don't think there's gonna be too many better than this. Like th this is like this is this is my jam. Like this, I love this album. This album is spectacular. So if you have listened to it, go check it out. But that was kind of a kind of di diverged from the main topic. See, that's but, what you get for always trying to be extra, honestly. I don't want to be an extra. Bruh, how, like, everybody knew who Mac Miller was. Everybody knew who he was. Dope, was. Could spit. You just like to be a different nigga. That, that's what the, the bottom line yeah. is. That's not the bottom line. I, I remember you telling Mac you about Mac Miller. I remember <laughs> that. Like, I used to listen to Mac Miller. I don't know what you be on. What I'm saying is, I get you can tell me about you didn't even like boys in the hood, nigga. Come on, okay, and that's a separate conversation. You talking what about the movie because I agree. 
<laughs> what, what I am saying is if I'm going to direct you to an artist that you've never listened to, I'm either going to A, have you play the entire album, like, yo, listen to this album. I'm not going to be like, yo, just listen to, I don't know. No. Fucking friend, friend, insert any artist. Right there. I'm going to stop you right there, friend. Oh I'm going to say God. two things. Number one, I need you to stop blaming other people for, you know, you being late to the game, all right? Because we tried. Number two, I will enough. say, yes. let me finish. In our years of our friendship, you are a lot more open-minded now than you were in the past. And I think that's serving you up right now because that's back right. then people would try to tell you, listen to this or read this book yeah. or read, check this movie yeah. and da-da-da. And you would just automatically shoot me down, especially me, but whatever, separate conversation. <laughs> And now you're a lot more open-minded, so it's cool. And you do now you're regretting it. Now you're regretting Hallelujah. it. That's what happens to you. First of all, we're not going to turn this into the Bass South Breeze podcast. I have all the power here. I will kick all of you out of this room. Um, <laughs> Fuck it, off. It is, not, it is not that I do not listen to people. I know exactly what I was doing in 2016. I was I was embracing the East Coast culture being a – that's right. I love my East Coast bias that you guys say I have. But no, it's it's one of those things where like yo, I, I need to be, I, you have to try harder. I need I need more than like yo, check out Mac Miller. Okay, what song? What album? You know what I'm saying? If I'm gonna point you to, you wasn't artist, even like, trying to do all that. that. You're like, nah, yes, I will. And shut down. That's, 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 that's projection. That's projection. If anybody has any music recommendations from this this point on, let me know specifically what to check out. Because if you say Mac Miller, I might go to something that's not hot. That's like saying, okay, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. If I tell you, like, yo, go listen to Prince, right? Cool. Prince has 37 albums, right? You might pick the one that's not really popping like you might think. You might go to a place where Prince wasn't the mainstream Prince that people rave about, right? So I need to directly guide you. Hey, go listen to The Gold Experience. Hey, go listen to fucking Purple Rain. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to guide you where you need to go so you can take off where you need to send to Prince Phantom. Go listen to Come or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be like, yo, go listen to Prince. And then you're like, well, this shit was fucking whack. I don't know what I was looking for. I am going to lead you to the water so you can drink. You did not lead me to the water so I could drink. You led me to failure, and I missed out on greatness. But I'm here now. <laughs> Shout out to Mac Miller. Shout out to Pittsburgh. But anywho, back to this tweet. So <laughs> Okay, Loki, much- I see you. <laughs> without without naming these rappers, which were Tupac, Biggie, Nas, Jay-Z, Eminem, Ice Cube, Kanye West, Lil Wayne, K-Dot, J. Cole, and Drake, name your favorite rapper, uh, Marcus. Take it away. What, what were your observations from this, this Twitter experience that you had? Oh, God. I wish I would have never tweeted this because, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of... <laughs> I've tried to respond to everybody that has uh, responded to this tweet, and it's it's a lot, honestly. And it's just uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of old heads out here that you know claim that like Rakim and KRS One are their favorite rappers. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I guess like if you're 50, like I guess you're like if you're still listening to those guys, like I, I guess like I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, I, I there's a lot of uh, a lot of Southern rappers on here. Um, a lot of, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of the newer rappers. Like there wasn't a lot of future or Lil baby on, on this list. And I was surprised at the amount of people that had 
uh, Andre 3000 and Big Boy listed. Like, uh, there was a few people that just had Andre 3000, but then there was a lot of people who were like, yeah, Andre 3000 and Big Boy or Outkast as a duo. So, a lot of people have definitely responded to this tweet. I've, I've, I have wanted to mute this tweet for about two days now. So, uh, I don't know how much longer this tweet is going to be up. I don't know. Like, I, I stopped responding to people and I'm just retweeting their responses. And I'm sure I've been blocked by people or people have turned my retweets off at this point because I'm sure it's flooding their timelines. But yeah, it's a, uh, I feel like Andre 2000 should have been on this, on the list of rappers you couldn't name. But I, I also thought it was kind of interesting that they would name some of these rappers, assuming that they were like my favorite rappers. Like there's a couple out here. Like, Thompson back. Um, like, you know, Ice Cube, they probably could have left off of this. Probably Biggie also. Probably could have left them two off of there. Just as far as top five favorites, like, I mean, they're cool, but all-time favorites, like, I'm not putting them up there. Because you say the space for Eminem. I would. man tour. <laughs> <laughs> I hate being placed in this category. <laughs> I hate being places that been getting put in the corner as the the only Eminem defender. I'm not trying to be that person. I'm not that guy. Like everything, and, and I guess this, I feel like 2022 is going to be the year of Eminem, where it's just like every time someone says something about Eminem, it's about oh, it's, what's Marcus going to say? Is he going to defend him or whatever? But it's just like I don't just defend Eminem. I feel like I defend. Uh, the rappers that kind of deserve the credit that they earned. Like I remember, I think two or three years ago when Cardi B won a uh, best rap album and everybody was like, nah, Nipsey should have won it or someone else should have won. I'm like, nah, man, Cardi deserved that out. And like people were trying to get me out of the paint for defending it. But I, be I 100% believe that Cardi B deserved to win the Grammy of the year for rap album that year. Uh, I've almost been gotten out of the paint for saying big boy was a top 10 rapper all time. Like, it's you guys are not going to bully me out of my takes or my opinions on this stuff. Like Eminem at his peak is one of the all time great rappers. And the stuff that you guys don't like about Eminem, I don't like it either. Like the complaints that y'all have about him. I have those same complaints also. So like, who, was your, who was your top five? That's just not on the list. Uh, I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I put a, and this is top five favorite, like to listen to It's And that was, when I started seeing some of the answers, I was like, wait a second, you put a little baby on here? And then, then I went back and read it in its top five favorite artists. So this is super subjective. This is like, you can pretty much put whoever you want to on this and can't be questioned about it. But for me, I put uh, Nicki Minaj, The Game, Rick Ross, Big Boy, and Andre 2000. That was my five. That's quite the list, actually. <laughs> like Nicki Minaj and you had... You had Nicki Minaj, Andre 3000 on the same list. Yes. Nicki Minaj be rapping people. Like people, people hear like the starships and the and the RB cuts and the pop records. And it's just like that's what they think that she is. You go back and listen to some albums when she, when Nicki Minaj is rapping, she is rapping at a high, high level. She's rapping at a level that a lot of rappers do not rap at. She has bars, she gets on a feature. And she stands her ground and, and for the most part, uh, outraps whoever she's on there with. So, okay, I, I have no problem standing on my Nicki Minaj tape or and, any. Of this. Oh, I think Nicki Minaj is um, a 
phenomenal talent. Here we go. And I think that Nicki Minaj is extremely entertaining. Here we go. But I also think that Nicki Minaj gets away with being the only woman in the landscape for so long that niggas was just happy to have a lady rapping. Because there are some Nicki Minaj bars that are the worst that I've heard. <laughs> and I don't understand it. And this, I, again, Nicki Minaj is extremely talented. When you look back at the greatest rappers, especially of a particular era, Nicki Minaj is topping the list every time. But we got to stop pretending that Nicki, early Nicki Minaj was rapping. Was she, Nicki Minaj, well, let me say, early Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj from like 2012 until recently is not good. That's a lie. Nicki Minaj is good on all of her albums. I think the problem with Nicki Minaj is that she doesn't have direction with her albums where it's just like, she's doing, she's doing, and I think it's a young money, cash money thing where it's just like, they want Nicki Minaj and Drake to do everything on their albums. They're like, hey, we want you to rap, pop music, dance hall, R&B, singing all on one album. They wanted, like, Nicki Minaj, in my, in my book, I feel like I can make the argument that Nicki Minaj is the most versatile rapper ever with the with her ability to just straight up rap. I second that. Straight up sing to do high level pop music. Okay, hold on. And to do R&B. Like, there's no one that... Who, who yeah, else? No, I, 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 would, I would second that. And I say I this and I'll, I'll, I'll pass it because... Nicki Minaj has been on countless features, especially like in reggaeton and in Spanish music as well. You don't get that many artists who will be able to cross over that way. And if you were to say, hey, I can only listen to a few artists for the rest of my life or whatever you want to say, and Nicki Minaj is one of them, you're going to have a very diverse pool of music that you'll be listening to, to where you won't be bored and not just listen to the same type of music over and over again. So I would say she definitely needs to get some flowers for that, for sure. So I want to say that, again, Nicki Minaj is extremely talented. And I don't, and yeah, I would agree that she's probably one of the most, most versatile rappers. That Nicki Minaj is uh, a crossover hit, no doubt. Like, if Nicki Minaj makes a song, best believe everybody going to listen to it. My thing is, I think that Nicki Minaj gets a lot of credit where some of it is just her being the only woman and there not being a sample size to compare her to. So mm. I disagree with you guys' take. Um, I think that, you know, and this is just me, I feel like some of the people on this podcast are disrespectful to their own Southern roots, uh, especially when we're talking about 90s hip hop. I mean, you have a guy right in Georgia, raps at a high level, was in a very wildly successful group that you could say was as big as Outkast uh, when their first album dropped, definitely. Pop at a high level, can sing at a high level, writes his own music, and it's like you have people, he's a megastar. And the two Negroes that, that 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 are on this podcast constantly look over their Southern roots. How can you forget about CeeLo Green? He can do everything Andre does at a higher level. Now, now rapping is subjective, of course, but he can rap his ass off with Goody Mob. And it's like you guys just forget about it. Like he does. It, I, I, you say you want a recommendation. Listen to the Soul Food album. Listen to those old Goody Mob traps. I'm not, I'm not just talking about when CeeLo went fully pop. 
or I'm not talking about when he had the uh, closet freaks and things like that, but just listen to the music this guy makes. This guy is a top tier talent. And I feel like on this podcast is the only Southern gentleman that appears to be here. And the only person in the right saying the state of mind saying this, you guys are disrespectful to CeeLo Green. He is the ultimate rapper when it comes to versatility. It's his hands. So and thank funny. you very much uh, so to my, my ball-headed <laughs> brethren, Lowski. You already know that's what it's all about. If CeeLo had okay. hair so and was skinny, he would be the number one nigga of all time. I think CeeLo fell from grace a little bit in his personal life that makes that kind of puts uh, him out of people's minds sometimes. Yeah, I think Nicki Minaj just does a lot of the other genres better than CeeLo Green does. Like she writes, oh, yeah. she, level, she sings on a high level. Like, and and the the main thing that, and I'm kind of looking back on it, it's kind of disappointing to look look at how we uh, viewed uh, Nicki Minaj doing pop. Where uh, what's that girl's name? Uh, the the one the one crazy girl like that makes and that actually makes good music but we don't talk about it because she does a lot of, of the wild shit. What's her name? Azalea Banks went on this like Instagram rant where she was saying how the music industry was I don't want to say they were angry or they were upset, but they were nervous that Nicki Minaj was doing so well in the pop scene. Like she was talking about how like Katy Perry and Lady mm-hmm. Gaga just like yo what the fuck is going on here how do we get this to stop because if Nicki Minaj wanted to make a full-on pop album she would be the number one pop artist like she would take away from Lady Gaga like we know about what Lady Gaga is and what she does we know about what Katy Perry does and what she does what artists like Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift are doing when you have artists of that caliber nervous about what Nicki Minaj is doing and we in our culture, shit on that. And now she doesn't feel like she can do that anymore. We should have supported that. We should have lifted her up when she was dominating dominating that genre. And I'm not saying CeeLo Green can't do that. I'm not saying CeeLo Green is not talented enough, but he wasn't doing that. He wasn't affecting the landscape of the music scene and music industry where it's just like people are starting to scramble to figure out, okay, how do we get Nicki Minaj to not really take over this genre? Like, how do we keep her in the rap space? Because if she if she comes over here and she fully commits to do this, we can't stop this. We have she has the fan base, she has the talent, she has the ear to make this music. And if she decides to take this over, it's hers. It's the same thing that happened. We all we all watched when Beyonce went to the Country Music Awards. We saw what that crowd looked like when she was up there doing her thing. They're like, yo, she's talented enough to be the number one country artist in the world. And they saw that flash before their eyes. And that was the same thing that the pop side saw when Nicki Minaj was out here dominating the pop charts also, while dominating the rap charts also. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming from with the, when I pick Nicki Minaj as the most versatile artist. Uh, and I'm not saying that she, I'm just saying I can make a case for it. I don't know how I'm disrespecting Cielo Green by doing that. I yeah. see you driving around town with the takes I love. Fuck y'all. All right. So yes, that was a a very very interesting interesting tweet. So definitely let us know who your top five non megastar artists are, and that's another good place to kind of harvest different artists to listen to. 
Like again, I've I've been trying to listen to different stuff. Um, Vince Staples definitely in my top five. I'm gonna make a Vince Staples reference every time I'm on this show, if I am allowed. Vince Staples is definitely in my top five of favorite artists to listen to. And then I'll agree. He's so cute. Tyler the Creator. You want to talk about versatility? That nigga Tyler. The Tyler we met in 2012 is not the Tyler that we have in 2022. He's consistently gotten better with every single album. I've never seen anybody just be consistent, like consistently topping themselves. Kanye West. That come in, well, Kanye for a little bit, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? You either got niggas that come in. Well, I consider Kanye one of them niggas that came in and was automatically good, like. He was already at like top at top tier greatness when Ye started rapping from the very beginning. That anywhere up from him is just like another stratosphere. But when I think of Tyler, I think of somebody who came in who was so so who had to really latch on to a gimmick to pop. And then from that Tyler, we saw doing drugs and acting a fool on YouTube to the to the Tyler that we have now, who's riding bikes through the Louis V uh, fashion show. And he's able to experiment with his music like Flower Boy. Like, that's a crazy run and like a crazy ascension. And he's one of the only artists that keep me interested. Like, I want to know what Tyler's going to touch next. That's a good point. I'm sure you do. Good, 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 solid point. Um, damn. There was a little bit more stuff. Uh, just real quick, is Donna 2 actually coming out or not? Because I don't think it is. I mean, it might, but not you know, anytime soon. <laughs> it's not coming out in February. Yeah. Shout out to all the people that uh, canceled Kanye West, but now they see that Future is involved with this project, and now they want to uh, get back on the train. Kanye West, has had, Kanye West has had so many albums that were supposed to come out that have never come out that I actually would rather come out now than Donda 2. Like, I would rather have... Uh, watch the throne too like i'd rather have that i'd rather have good ass job i'd rather have the uh the wolves title it's supposed to be like uh um uh, a collab album with him and in drake uh what was that one uh, it's got the weird ass name turbo graph 16. turbo graph 16 that's never yeah. coming out i'd love but, to uh, have that yeah it's not yeah i don't care but I, I yeah i think a lot of the people are are capping I just, i'm glad to see i want to see all the people who come on here and lie Talking about they never listened to Kanye West, but now because this is going to be the misogynistic album dedicated to his mom, then you know now they're back in the back in the fray. But I wish um, people would just love Kanye out loud. It's okay at this point. It's okay if you love Ye, and it ain't yeah. even awesome, like oh I can tell what you will overlook. I don't even care about that no more. Like yeah. it's 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 okay to just love Ye. Do do your South Breeze should come out of the closet. Yes, tell us all about your love for Kanye. Tell us about how episode after episode after episode you would mention his name when we had the former name. That's cat. But anyways, um, yeah, damn. Well, he was my number one listen to artist last year. He wasn't even in my top anything. Like that's, that's <coughs> the thing. I never listen to Kanye West. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say what? I rarely listen to Kanye West. Didn't you like go crazy? Weren't you like a huge fan? Went to the concert. Oh my god, he was no, no, just, in the that, air. several concerts. Just, just because I go to a concert doesn't mean I listen to his music. Like a whole other episode for the podcast is like artists you love that you never listen to, right? Like example, Mariah Carey is a great artist. I never listen to any of her music. I just don't do it. 
doesn't mean she's not great. I just, I for whatever reason, I just never listen to every music. So nah, fam, you was going hard for Kanye West. That, that's fine. It doesn't mean I listen to his music. I listen to ninety percent of the music I listen to. Probably the last couple of years has been like Prince, which I've fallen back heavy on that. Right now, I'm on a big Griselda kick. So, but yeah, doesn't mean I don't like him. Mm-hmm. I just listen, I don't listen to his music. Like I, I never listen to Outkast. I love Outkast. Never listen to him. It is what it is. But anywho. Uh, as we wrap, definitely follow me on IG. I'm doing my whole sneaker Halo shit. I'm up to 77 followers. I know that's very poverty-like, but you know what? We're going to climb the ranks, and one day I will be sitting at the top. Uh, I mean, you hit your goal, right? 75? Nah. My, well, my goal last week was 70. I, I passed that. My last goal was like 100, but I was kind of lacking. So definitely, uh, if you got people that are into sneakers and shit like that, follow, follow the page. I'm going to continue to hustle. Uh, like my videos and comments. We can finesse the algorithm to get these get these likes and views up. You know, it's all it's all a game out here. But uh, anywho, like the podcast, comment on our podcast. Yeah, definitely links to my IG bio. Go drop a review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, you guys got any shout outs? Um, shout out to um everybody who had to say something nice about J Cole because he absolutely murdered. <laughs> his feature. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you all had to like actually acknowledge J. Cole as a formidable uh, opponent in the sport of rap, as you know, real hip hop niggas would say. <laughs> Shout out to Griselda. You know what my hope is for him? I, I hope that J. Cole, 15 years from now, finally gets it together and has like uh, that Nas like run because. His production is that level of terrible at times. God damn. Well, well, just that, be, his not, production is bad. Just, it is really bad. Definitely not a shout out, but okay. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. That was the complete opposite of the shout out. Why don't I'm you just saying, say I, I hope that he has that. He finds the next wave of producer and then he just brings his career back to life because for me, I just. I don't know. I don't know what happened to that guy. I, I used to love him. Now, yeah. Adolphus, you can't use your your. Damn, what you call my government name? What the? No, <laughs> Adolphus. We're not about to act like that. Just because you not with that nigga, don't mean that this nigga is not having a historic run in the eyes of most of hip hop fans. Who are his albums have just been let like, down at the uh, Marcus, you have a shout out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, an artist, uh, Pink Sweats. Uh, I feel, like he, I feel yes. like he needs to be in the conversation that uh, of these other R&B niggas because it's just like he's actually making R&B music where it's just like it's him actually being in, the, being in love and not talking about like, oh, I'm going to take your girl and I'm going to fuck your bitch for you and I got so much money. He's not singing over trap beats. It's like strings and piano he has a very nice voice a very soothing uh calm voice and i feel like he should be in the conversation and we should stop talking and i, I hate saying it because it makes me sound like a hater but we shouldn't be talking about like the bryson tillers in the six lakhs uh, and um some of the other r&b quote-unquote r&b artists that just hum over trap beats because y'all aren't y'all aren't y'all aren't doing r&b like this is what we should be doing it, it should be more um uh, pink sweats uh, Giveon, Bruno Mars, uh, people that actually sing over real instrumentals. Lucky Day is another one that I like. As far as on the men's side, like the, 
the women are doing what they're supposed to be doing on the R&B side. The men have kind of slipped off. But Pink Sweats, the, his last, I think, four EPs have, like, he's not missing. And I think he's also falling into that CeeLo Green category where if you look at, if you if you just listen to him and listen to the music and don't know what he looks like, it's perfectly fine. But I feel like if some people knew what he looked like, it might kind of take away some of the luster from what he's singing Ouch. about. He, he might have like the, the T-Pain effect because that, that happened with me. I was like, I didn't know T-Pain looked like T-Pain when I first heard T-Pain. And then I saw T-Pain and I'm like, Ouch. that's T-Pain? And it, I don't know, it, 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 it's, not, it's not, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but that's, it happens. You know, so I think that might be happening with him because his music is excellent. It's his music is high level. Like the writing is really good. It's really emotional. It's vulnerable. It's like the love type of music that your parents talk about. Like, oh, you go, you young kids don't know about romance. Like this nigga is singing about romance, and he's oh, never. Shout out. So shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Pink Sweats. Oh, shout outs. <laughs> Shout out. I have I have two, but I'll be really quick. One, uh, two people that are not going to listen. One being my niece. Happy birthday, babe. Ember, she turned nine today. So happy birthday again. I mean, she can still listen. Uh, hey, I'm having her listen to this shit. Make her subscribe on her phone. She got a phone. Yeah. She got a whole ass iPad. Happy birthday, babe. Yes, she did. <laughs> She's good. And then my second one is going to be to my sister, my older sister, Crystal. Uh, just a quick shout out to her. I'm just happy to see her out and about and happy. And uh, she better be fucking listening. So, yeah. Hey, boo. Quick. That's, that's what a shout out is, Marcus. It's supposed to be quick. Sorry. <laughs> Just trying anyway. to put y'all on, man. Trying to put y'all on. Anywho, we'll talk about how dusty the book of Bubble Fed is next week. <laughs> it's, it's, it's extremely <laughs> dusty, but anywho, yeah, appreciate y'all listening. Appreciate y'all to rocking with us. This KTSC app. We out. Peace. Snowball season five. I have not watched a single episode of that Here show. I might check it out though. Jesus. We out. Damn, the book of Bubble Fed is out. I didn't even know that. <laughs>